God has given ministry to every one of us. And uh, for some, it's uh, putting together humorous stories. And some of us strive to find that. In a church where everybody sat towards the rear, a stranger walked in and took a front seat. After the service, the minister greeted the stranger and asked, out of curiosity, why the front seat? He said, well, during the week, he said, I'm a city bus driver. And I came to learn how to succeed in getting people to move to the back. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, some of you gave me a polite, <laughs> a polite chuckle. I appreciate it. We just, uh, life is way too serious. Amen? Amen. And I, I just, I try every day. Uh, we do a podcast every day. I try to come up with something humorous. Uh, what do you call a bunch of birds that stick together? Velcro. <laughs> is that bad? That's bad. And it gets worse as it goes along, so I better get back to what I'm doing. For you that are viewing at home, thanks for being here today. Uh, Luke chapter 10, if you would, it, it is a joy to present the gospel. It is a joy to present the gospel. Luke chapter 10. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. And he told them, the harvest is plentiful, and the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. So I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or a bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. God-given ministries, and we have the harvest field. We have the commission here of sending out 72 folks to preach the gospel. And there's some definite things here that take place. Number one, it's a place, they're being, going sent to places where Jesus is going to be coming. And the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. The harvest is plentiful. It's not, is there, a, is there a harvest? There is a harvest. What the difficulty comes is workers to work the harvest. There's nothing probably worse than all the world than for a farmer not to be able to get into the field to harvest the crop. Minnesota uh, has a lot of corn and and sometimes they have to wait until the fields freeze up to be able to get in to get their harvest out. And it's a late harvest. When you get a late harvest, there's moisture that gets in the grain. So they get less money for it. And sometimes they, they can't even uh, sell it at market. And so then the quickest way to do that is go buy some cattle, have them come in and graze. And now you've got grain-fed cattle. And so there's, there's always a way to get through it, but, but it's difficult. The harvest of souls is white unto harvest, 
And I, I look at this scripture and I'm saying 2,000 years ago, this was the prayer that was to be prayed. And today we are still praying, Lord, send laborers into the harvest field. God, call people into ministry. Bring people to the harvest field. It's amazing how people look at big churches and they say, oh man, they, they've got that many people. They've got all kinds of workers. They've got all kinds of volunteers. Well, when I talk with some of those people on those pastoral staffs, they say it, it's very difficult. This prayer continues to be prayed by small church, medium-sized church, large church, it don't matter. People being called into ministry. People wanting to go into the harvest. People willing to teach a Sunday school class. People willing to to pour into a Wednesday night program. God blesses those who have done that. And there's a spiritual growth in helping others grow spiritually. He says, I go and I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Now that sounds like job security, don't it? Lambs among wolves? What do wolves do with lambs? They eat them up. So th there's... This just really doesn't make sense. First of all, Jesus is saying, go out and do ministry, but there's not enough of you. We need to keep on praying for harvest, harvesters, people to come and harvest the harvest. And now we're going to send you out with no protection. We're going to send you out as a lamb to slaughter. We're going to send you out into the wolves, and good luck. No, it doesn't say good luck. But if Jesus is sending you out, his presence is going with you. And that's the first thing that the body of Christ needs to realize. We must pray for God's presence. We must pray for God's protection. And we must pray for God's provision. God is a God who will protect us. And, and he, he will provide for us. And his presence shows up. The presence of God Almighty, as we were singing this morning, the presence of God filled this place. And, and I just want to encourage you that the presence of God can flood your car as you're driving down the road as you just give God the praise. And uh, you say, well, I can't sing. Well, it doesn't require you to sing. It just requires you to have a thankful heart and to give God praise. And so he sends them out as lambs among wolves. In other words, you have a mission as the body of Christ to love people who are against you. And they were against Christ, the anointed one of God. And now we are Christ-like. And so there will be people that really don't want to be around you. And we have to understand that. That's not a bad thing. That is a proper thing because we don't, we don't live our life for people. We live our life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And so not everyone's going to love you. Not everyone's going to be your pal. And that's okay. We don't have to be rude to them. We don't have to, to uh, go out of our way to, to make their life miserable. Just the fact that Jesus is in our life and we are forgiven makes them upset. Do not take a purse or a bag and do not greet anyone. Before you have this conduct, concept of rudeness. He's not sending them out saying, be rude to everyone you come in contact with. How often have you 
past someone and it's real simple. You're busy, they're busy, and you nod your head and you keep on going. What they were saying was, nod your head and keep on going. Because the Eastern culture is a little bit like the East Coast and the West Coast. And if you haven't had that experience of the East Coast, when you go to the East Coast, it's what do you want? How long do you want it? How long are you going to be here until I get rid of you? <laughs> it's just straight up, let's get business, let's get it done. West Coast? Well, how are you today? I'm so glad you came in my shop. It's such a beautiful day out, isn't it? I just am so glad that you came by. You know, yesterday so-and-so came by. And this is the West Coast. They just talk and they talk and they talk. And I thought it was just Eastern, Eastern United States and Western United States, two totally different areas, two different cultures. But it goes all the way back to creation. The Jews, when they greeted one another on the street, it was a half-hour dissertation of, oh, I had breakfast this morning, and all oh, this happened, and all oh, this was going on. And Jesus tells his 70, he's sending out these 72 people, he said, hey, we don't have time. We don't have time to talk about the snow flying in the sky 14 years ago when, pup, when pups were born on the 4th of July. Just, just forget all that stuff. Forget about all the trappings. Just, just greet people and move on. We have a gospel to preach. We have a gospel to touch. Now at the same time, Paul says in his writings, become all things all men you might win some. And so before you get excited about the fact that you can be uh, quiet and reserved and not be social with people uh, in, when you leave the service day, I want you to understand that it's okay to share that stuff. It's okay to realize that you've got to be social, but you've got to recognize that there's one thing that's really, really, really important in life. And it's not the bargain you got at the store. It's Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. That's what's really, really, really important. And so he's sending them out with the message of the gospel. And he's saying, don't be, don't be dragged down by keeping track of your wallet. Don't be dragged down by, by carrying extra clothes with you. I'm sending you out as sheep amongst wolves. I'm sending you out with, with the ability just to move quickly without being interrupted with anything else in life. And I think it's I think what this concept is is that we get really concerned. Some of you have already begun to lay out your clothes for camp, which is two weeks from now. That's good. You're going to be prepared. Others are going to wait till the last hour to throw some stuff in a suitcase and go. Jesus is saying, "I'm sending you out without all the trappings." You're going to go out, you're going to do ministry, but forget about yourself. Think about the ministry and touching people with the gospel. He says, when you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If a man of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. 
If not, it will return to you. Stay in that house, eating and drinking whatever you give. Eating and drinking whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move from house to house. They don't have the privilege of going to a fast food market. They are going to be staying at people's homes. And you're to find the home that is a peaceful home, where the owner has peace in his heart. And as you give out peace to that individual, that will you will see it and they will absorb it and peace will be a part of that home. And whatever they feed you, appreciate it. Now, immediately we, we think of spinach and Brussels sprouts and liver and onions. And I'm kind of peculiar. I, I, as you can well tell, I, I, I like to eat. And so all those things I just mentioned, I don't mind eating at all. Spinach. And so that's what we think when we when we hear the scripture saying, whatever's put in front of you, it just eat. Jesus isn't talking about Brussels sprouts and spinach. He's talking about food that has been offered up to idols. And the concept of the scriptures is you don't ask questions about it, you just eat. And let the chips fall where they're gonna fall. And, and so it's important that we recognize that the culture of the day. And so he's saying, make sure there's peace in that house and make sure that you enjoy the time with the family, enjoy the meal, thank them for the meal, and, and move on and don't be concerned if it had been offered up to idols. When you enter a town... And are welcome. Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick. And this is exciting. Heal the sick. The harvest field is powerful, but then you have the healing process. Once they're in the harvest field, he said, here's the message. Heal the sick. And I think it's important that we see what it says here. It says, heal the sick that are among you. The kingdom of God is near. And tell them, the kingdom of God is near. The kingdom of God is near. The next slide. The kingdom of God is near. Say it with me. The kingdom of God is near. These are placed in a sentence together. And they're not to be separated. Preach and heal. Heal and preach. They are to go hand in hand. But when you enter a town and are not welcome, go in its streets and say, even the dust of your town that sticks to our feet, we wipe off against you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God is near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town that rejects the message of Jesus. 
Very interesting. When you enter the town, if you're welcome, eat whatever's set before you. And if you're not welcome, kick the dust off of your feet. And what's the message? The message is to preach the kingdom of God is near. What is that? The kingdom of God is near. You and I, we've, we've experienced the kingdom of God. When you came in this room today and you begin to worship and God's presence came in around you and you begin to feel this, this presence of God, it was the power of God. What is that? That is the coming of the kingdom of God in your life, in your surroundings, in your environment. And, and Jesus told them, go out and tell people that the kingdom of God is near, that the glory of God is near, that the presence of God is coming amongst you, and we are going to come against the demonic forces of Satan. We're going to win the battle over Satan. I'm giving you authority over him, and you have the power of God upon you, and you are a participant and a messenger of the truth in the kingdom of God. The Holy Spirit confirms the presence of the kingdom of God and the glory of God. The Holy Spirit moves mightily. The working through the ministry of healing is a working of ministry of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts, the early church, talks about the Holy Spirit because Jesus told the disciples that when he was to be resurrected and lifted up into heaven, that they were to remain until the Holy Spirit fell upon them with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And that still is a gift available to every believer today. And it's such a powerful gift to be able to pray the prayer that God has put in your heart. We all have a prayer language. And it's just the fact of allowing it to flow out of your being and into God's presence and his power. So what are we to do? We're, we're to the, the kingdom of God. It was a new day. And Jesus wanted the people, before he came to speak, he wanted them to know and to begin to expect the kingdom of God is near. The presence and the power of God is near. And he was saying, it's so important that you understand this, that there's judgment in hell for those who reject him. There's judgment coming to those cities that reject the message of Jesus Christ. Sodom and Gomorrah, a wicked city, a wicked city, God burned it to the ground. And he's saying the judgment is going to be greater on these because they've rejected Jesus. Wow, the kingdom of God has come near. Tell them the kingdom of God is near. Heal the sick, pray over them. Believe God for miracles. Watch God do something very special in their sight. What a tremendous message that's taking place here. Woe to you, Gorenson. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the miracles that were performed in you had been performed in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you and your and you Capernaum will you be lifted up to the skies no you will go down to the depths he who listens to you listens to me he who rejects you rejects me but he who rejects me rejects him who sent me rejection is a horrible thing 
None of us like to be rejected. But Jesus is saying here, there's a group of people in these cities. These cities have literally rejected the kingdom. They have come against God. They will not allow God in their lives. And there's something about people not accepting God that is mind-boggling. But the truth be known, there, there is a veil over their eyes they cannot see. And I encourage you to pray prayers. God, remove the veil off their eyes that they can see Jesus. You say, how can people be so stupid? It's not the fact of stupidity. It's the fact that Satan has deceived them to, to believe a lie. Satan has deceived them to believe a lie. And so we, we recognize the fact that God is a God of comfort. God is a God of peace. God is a God of love. But God is also a God of judgment. And those who reject those who turn their back on him, there is a time of judgment. We do not glory in the fact that God's judgment is coming on people who reject him. But we should be broken saying, oh God, give us the ability to reach them with the gospel. God, give them the ability to hear the gospel. God, give them the ability to see the gospel. Lord, open their minds to receive your anointing, to receive your presence and your power. And we are to do our part to win the lost. We are to do our part to do everything we can to, to live a life of, of honesty before them, live a life of purity before them, that they will see Christ in us. And for us to humble ourselves in God's presence, say, God, would you mightily touch them for your glory? Will you help them come? The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. The name of Jesus. Say it with me. Jesus. There's no other name. They were sent out on a mission to preach the gospel to tell people that the kingdom of God is near. The presence of God's presence, God's kingdom was presence. His presence was, was near and that there was healing taking place. And healings took place. And in the process of healing, sometimes they would run across people who were demon-possessed and, and the God miraculously delivered them through these 72 people. And these 72 people come back with great joy. Now, there is no greater joy. Let me say it again. There is no greater joy than leading somebody to Jesus, saying, come, let Jesus come into your heart. Let me help you. It's just simply saying, Lord, forgive me my sins. Come into my heart. I believe in you, Lord Jesus, and I want to live for you all the days of my life. I repent of my sins. I confess my sins to you, Lord. You know what they are. Forgive me. Now help me to move on. Help me read my Bible. It's not rocket science. It's not difficult. The devil will tell you you can't do it. Tell the devil he's a loser and you're going to do it. You can tell somebody about Jesus. And you can tell them that they can know Jesus as a personal Savior. And these guys had gone out and done what Jesus had asked them to do. Now, how did they do that? The instructions was to heal the sick. 
The instructions was to share that the kingdom of God is near. And now they fulfilled the instruction. And they're coming back with great joy. Even, even the demons responded to us. They're, they're joyful because God had done a tremendous work in their life. But even as spiritual as they were, and just as dynamic as it was happening, they was a little bit askew in their thought process. And Jesus kind of tweaks it a little bit. And he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. They were extremely excited that people were being saved, being healed, that receiving the ministry, understand that they were opening their hearts to being saved until Jesus leaves this earth where he paid the price for salvation. And so they were coming to that concept, but also they were seeing the power of God delivering people from demonic forces. And they were excited about having power over the devil. God gave them authority over the devil. God has given you the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth to plead the blood of Christ and to denounce demonic activity in your life and in the life of your loved ones. And you have the same authority to bind the hand of Satan through the blood of Jesus Christ. Not because you're something special but because of Jesus and the price that he paid. And he has called you to be his disciple. He has called you to speak with authority. God has given you authority. He gave them authority to, to pray those prayers and to see those people set free. He gave them the authority. And it's tremendous exciting to realize what is taking place here. That authority was given. And they were elated about it, but Jesus was saying... It's, it's more important that your name is written down, but rejoice that your name is written down in the book. Rejoice. I reflected back over my childhood days, and I believe I remember a song, something to the fact that there's a new name written down in glory. There's a new name written down in glory. There's a new name written down in glory. And it's mine. Oh yes, it's mine. Not because of who I am, but because of whose I am. It's because I've given my life to Jesus. There's a new name written down in glory. And these guys were excited about demonic forces being removed from people's lives. But Jesus said, be more excited about the fact that your name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. And at that time, Jesus, full of joy. Do you understand? The disciples came back with joy because they fulfilled a mission of ministry. And what it caused was, was joy in the heart of Jesus. I mean, he's excited. And you look at the original language. This, we say joy, oh, that's great. No, 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 I'm talking about a celebration. I'm talking about excitement. I'm talking about 
joy unbelievable. I mean, Jesus is just wrapped up. You guys hit a home run. That's awesome. You ministered. At that time, Jesus, full of joy, through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this was your goal, for this was your good pleasure. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and those whom the Son chooses to reveal him. The joy of seeing people fulfill ministry. Jesus was totally overwhelmed with joy. Yes, Father, this was your good pleasure. Hidden message to those who were humble before God. Not the big scholars, not the scribes. God showed up to the average person, not to theologians. And that's why I encourage you today. God has called all of us to share our faith, to tell somebody about Jesus. He's called us all. You'll say, well, Pastor, I, I, I just have a hard time doing it. I beg your pardon. You're in church this morning. That's a testimony. Amen? Now, if God gives you an opportunity to speak, so be it. But know that people are one to the kingdom of God by kind gestures, by your attitude, by the words you choose not to say when you're angry and mad. You're in church. As the old saying goes, you get a gold star. I grew up as a kid Every Sunday you went to Sunday school, you got a gold star. Sticky gold star. You had to lick it. Back then, you didn't have peel and stick. You had to lick and stick. Lick that gold star and then put it in the register that you were in church, in Sunday school. Today, you all are here. You get a gold star. You are preaching the gospel. People are noticing where you're going. And guess what? When you get out of the car at home and you walk a little bit lighter, they're going to notice that you're walking lighter than when you came. How could that be? Because God is the creator of the universe and he knows who you are and he carries your burdens with you and for you. Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings wanted to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it the prophets of old was looking for jesus they had prophetic words about jesus but they never had the opportunity to see him never had the opportunity to hear him and these folks are hearing and seeing jesus and and jesus is telling them look you guys are humble servants of mine but I want you to know there's been scores of people before you that wanted to experience what you have just experienced and you're blessed because you have seen and you have heard and you have went out 
and perform the miraculous as I have called you to do. Yes, your name is written in heaven. That's what you celebrate. The byproduct is people know Jesus. People know the kingdom of God is near. The byproduct is people have been delivered from demonic activities. The byproduct is that someone's healed. It's phenomenal what Jesus can do with a humble group of people. You don't have to be a mighty theologian to be used of God. God can use you right where you're at, the street you're living on, the activities you find yourself involved in, God can use you mightily. And guess what? You are blessed. You are blessed. In John's Gospel, it said, Blessed are those who have not seen, yet believe. You're blessed. Because Jesus himself has not been here. And so you're taking the word of God by faith. You haven't seen him personally. You haven't shaken hands with him. You haven't put your hand like Thomas into his side, who doubted. You, you, you haven't had that experience, but you have the presence of God Almighty. You have this whole book that tells you about Jesus. You have the anointing of the Holy Spirit that bears witness with your spirit that this is truth. So we have a lot to be thankful for. But you're also blessed because you haven't seen it. You're experiencing it because God's presence is real today. He still pours out His Holy Spirit today like He always has. He's never quit pouring out. If you don't have your vessel full, open the lid. Fill it up, Lord. Here I am. Fill it up, Lord. Here I am. Fill my, fill my heart. Fill my soul. Fill my, my very vessel. Fill me up. You see, in the Christian walk, when you talk about the Christian being a vessel, there is that concept of a leaky vessel. You pour in the anointing of God, you pour in the presence of God, but it, it oozes out. And you've got to get more. And that's why every morning there's a new anointing for you. There's a new presence of God for you. Every day, God has a blessing for you. God wants to pour in his presence and his power into your life. And you say, Pastor, I, I just don't know. Ask God to show you. God, I know that I need to accept your son Jesus to be saved. I know I need Jesus in my heart. I know I need to love him with all my heart. I don't fully understand the Holy Spirit. But God, if this speaking in tongues thing is for me, then show me. This says to be in Missouri. Show me. We are the show me state. And guess what? As you're open with God, the Holy Spirit understanding will come. And as you begin to give God praise some morning while you're driving to work, giving God praise in the shower, giving God praise, the Holy Spirit will begin to pray a prayer language through you. And it will be God's activity moving through you. You say, well, how does that happen? Well, you prepare your heart. Say, God, forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Purify me, Lord. Give me pure thoughts. Give me a pure mind. Desire that. And then allow the Holy Spirit just to move in your life and speak in a prayer language that is your language that God has given you that connects you to God. It is such a powerful, powerful tool that God has given to all believers.
Today is the day of celebration. Today is Pentecost, 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Pentecost, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church. And guess what? The Holy Spirit is still falling upon the church. And the anointing of God is still in the Word of God. And when you read the Word, that anointing comes into your spirit. And when you begin to worship God, you begin to bring the presence of God into your life. And you continue to worship. And you continue to give Him praise. And pretty soon you're praying this prayer language you've never known before. And yeah, it'll probably sound funny to you because you've never heard yourself speak in a foreign language you never learned. But that's the simplicity of the gospel. The kingdom of God is near. Let's enter in. Let's give all of God we can give. And that part of that is the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in tongues. Just let Jesus be Jesus. He said I'd send you the comfort. He said I'd send you a counselor. He said I would send the Holy Ghost that would empower you. He's, he sent them out with authority, but he told us to wait until Jerusalem until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit and then go forth and minister. And that's where the book of Acts all begins. His people waiting in the upper room and the Holy Ghost shows up 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus. And things happen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we're blessed to be yours. And we just ask God that you would pour out your spirit upon us. Lord, we're challenged to realize that we are Christians, meaning Christ-like. And you sent 70 people out and you told them to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God is near. Lord, all these years, people have still been healed. People have been saved, and we're still proclaiming the kingdom of God is near. Thank you, Father God, for your Holy Spirit, for your empowerment. Lord Jesus, in ourselves we're not worthy. In ourselves we are not worthy of your presence or your power or your authority. But as we repent and say, Lord Jesus, come into our hearts. Lord Jesus, live through me. We become blood-bought saints of the Lord Jesus Christ. And God, you can cause us to do good deeds. Random acts of kindness to people who right now have rubbed us the wrong way. Help us, O oh God. To love people in spite of what they say and in spite of what they do. Help us to love. And help us, O oh God, to open our spirit to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, the heavens of speaking in tongues. Knowing, Lord, that that is just another tool to help us get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the end all, it's the beginning of a great, great life of ministry and touching people and praying for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to operate in our lives and to grow in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and to grow into the Word and allow the Holy Spirit to give us the right words to say to the people who we run with all day long. Holy Spirit, move in our lives for your glory in Jesus' name.
Amen and amen. God bless you. If you stand with me, it's good to have you in service today. To see and to hear. Prophets of old waited for that. And we have the privilege today to experience the presence of God Almighty. You that are home, thanks for viewing. Thanks for being faithful. And, and uh, you that are just traveling down the road today, may you have good travels. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.